1: Hello and thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. Today on the podcast, we are making history. I always think it's funny when people say they're making history. Um, Usually that's reserved for a special event, but I think you're always making history no matter what you're doing. But indeed, today's podcast is a special event. We have our first ever guest on the podcast and we are talking about how to have joy in your marriage. Stick around.
0: So this is kind of a fun experience because we're here with our very first interview. We teased this months ago that we might start bringing on some, some guest speakers. And Chris is our very first
2: guest. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very honored and excited to be your first guest. <laughs> Chris, what excited. you have to
1: endure at the beginning is that we just basically kind of shoot the shit for a minute and figure <laughs> out like, what's going on. So That's true. Um, I like it. I could work with that. Um, yeah, so what's going on? What's new for you right now?
0: Yeah, what are you passionate about? What's uh, exciting, Chris?
1: Well, you know what, honestly, it's 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 talking about
2: joy and I'm very excited. I've got young sons. My wife and I are just in a very fun stage of life where, you know, joy is really kind of a a big topic in our lives and mm-hmm. so, you know, that that's kind of in the forefront of our minds right.
0: Now. Yeah. So I'm really curious before we start talking about the book how do you create joy in your household if it's in a funk? Because Zach and I have talked about this before. I know Zach's technique, but how about for you?
2: You know, one of the best things, you know, you you attune when people are in a funk, you, attur- you attune, you validate like, wow, that sounds really hard. Okay. Um, but ultimately, uh, a common thing that we do in our household is appreciation. So basically mm-hmm. thinking about what are, some, what are some things you're thankful for? What are you know, after validation, of course, you know, yeah. so people feel understood and seen. Yeah. Um, we do a daily appreciation around the meals, you know, the the end of the day, like, hey, what was good from your day? Like, so yeah. we call it happy and sad. So three things from your day that, that made you happy and one thing that made you sad. And Yeah. And sometimes my sons it. have a, oh, I'm sorry.
0: No, we totally do the same thing. We have highs and lows. So when we yeah. go around, uh, we interview each other and yeah. I don't know if that necessarily brings joy to our lives, though. <laughs> yeah, it, I I don't know. Sometimes I like to vent a little bit. Yeah. Well, our, our sons, sometimes
2: they have a lot of sad. So for every sad, you got to do three happy. And okay. that amplifies the
0: joy. It balances it out a little yeah. bit. I love that. Yep. So, Zach, what do you guys do in your house when you are in a funk? He He lives in a household with two teenage daughters and a wife. So he's really just one special character.
1: Yeah, no i basically uh if if my house is in a funk, I go into my room and close my door and
0: pull, <laughs> pull a blanket
1: over my head and wait till it stops
0: ignore life no. um
1: no we we sing song we we just turn on music i mean i have a
0: yeah
1: I have a tendency to just wanna sing about whatever's going on not if only to say what you're doing is ridiculous <laughs> and this is not okay right now, you know, so.
0: Um, Oh, man. My favorite soundtrack to turn on when our house is in a funk is the Trolls soundtrack. So if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. And it has a lot of Justin Timberlake in it. And it's just it has like some Beatles. It's a great soundtrack. And that brings joy to our life. So, okay, so here's what we're talking about. We're talking about. No, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. We're we're also talking about one thing because I've I've been setting this up for a week. You ran your half marathon, didn't you?
0: (gasps) I did. How did, did. how did how how it go? Um, so and it it actually brought me a lot of joy. Good. Uh, it went very well. So I chose wisely. I don't know, Chris, if you're a runner, I'd um, love to run, but I've never run that far. I don't think. You know what? I I hit like mile ten, and I was dragging so hard, mm. and I said, "Hey!" And I like gave my partner a high five. I said, "This is the furthest we've ever run together. Is it furthest or farthest? Both. Back, you know this one. It's both. Okay." It's both. English and I are not on par. You're not we don't do well together. But it went well. I ran it in two oh five, so I was five minutes behind my time and now I'm addicted because I have I now I have like four more runs that are lined up. And they're expensive. So now apparently I have an expensive hobby because it costs money. <laughs> so listen, listen
1: I know how you can get a better time.
0: You just run faster?
1: Run faster. <laughs>
0: Hey, remember that triathlon you were going to run, Zach? How'd that go?
1: It went, I, I finished it in record time.
0: Yeah? How fast I was that? Door
1: to door. It took me no time at all.
0: <laughs> he did not run <laughs> yeah. or bike or swim. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Well, what are we doing?
0: Let's Chris, introduce- uh, Okay,
1: wait, wait, wait. One, one more thing. Sorry. Uh, so you're in Salt Lake. I'm in Seattle. Chris, you're, people are going to wonder where you're from because your accent is clearly not- he doesn't uh,
0: have an accent. Yes, you know, he does. I, I hear that a lot. Actually,
2: people think I'm from the South. I'm actually from Illinois, but I live in Holland, Michigan. With yeah,
1: no, okay, you, you definitely you do like not have an accent. in Michigan.
0: Maybe it's because I'm from North Dakota, and we're just one and the same. But yep. Yep. it's there's no accent. You are full of it, Zach. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so this I is I won't Chris. interrupt anymore. Thank you. I promise. Chris Corsi? I, I'm going to stop
1: interrupting right now.
0: Yep. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Okay. We're bringing Chris Corsi on. He's going to be sharing with us the four habits of a joy filled marriage. And I love talking about habits. We've talked about this on the podcast. I'm actually quite addicted to studying habits and the brain and why habits are helpful. But what I really love is that you're talking about a joy filled marriage. And that's the piece I kind of want to dissect a little bit. So can you talk to me about joy and um why it's important and how it goes missing in marriages.
2: Yeah. So joy means we're glad to be together. And so joy is much different than happy, right? i am I'm happy because of my favorite movies coming out, you know, very soon. Um, but joy is actually a relational concept. So as far as your brain's concerned, you know, joy means that you're I'm the I'm the sparkle in your eyes. Like you're the sparkle Aww. in my eyes right? So joy means like my face lights up when you walk into the room. And so, um, your brain is really, 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 um, excited about joy. Like joy is the fuel for your brain. And, um, there's actually the, uh, the right frontal lobe in your, um, in your brain actually grows in response to joy. And so every time, you know, it's, it's just like the, it's like, it's like the vitamins for your brain almost, like, you know, oxygen for your body, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what joy is for, for our brain, but also for our relationships, and so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're very excited about uh, joy, just because, you know, when it's good, you know, and you have this glad-to-be-togetherness happening, um, you know, all these feel-good hormones and chemicals are released, and you just want more, and And joy always leads to rest, so you build some joy, you catch your breath, Uh and then you build more joy. Okay. Um,
0: But you know what? You make it sound like it's a muscle that we can build. Yeah, it really is. As far as your brain's concerned,
2: it really is like going to the gym.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I love that you talk about joy in this way because I think in relationships, we are just – oftentimes in survival mode, all of us are right in the midst of raising these kids to become outstanding human beings. And oftentimes our marriages are put on the back burner and it's just about surviving. But I love that you're setting the bar about, it's not about just, you know, greeting your partner when they walk in the door, but it's having, having them light your light up your, you know, and just like have that crystal sparkly look in your eye. You said that, and that just sort of made me really feel warm and fuzzy mm-hmm. inside thinking about me lighting somebody up.
2: Yep, that's right. And, and, and you know what? You feel it like when you walk into that room and you see your spouse, or your children light up to see you because it's yes. you. Yeah. You feel that, like, yeah. you know, and you enjoy it, and it's life giving.
0: Yeah. I have, uh, I think I've told this story before. Have I told, and maybe when we teach Zach our workshops, but about um, uh, my best friend and her husband. um, Whenever he comes home at the end of the day, she sings a song and does a dance for him. And now now that they have two rugrats, the daddy dance, daddy's home. They have two children. They all do the dance together. And when I'm there, I join in the dance because I know the dance. But how is that for lighting somebody up? That's pretty cool. Well, you know what's interesting,
1: Laura, and of course, this is the way our brands work. You heard him say that and- you were like, "Oh, it makes me feel so good that I would be the light in someone's eye."
0: Absolutely, and, <laughs> but rather <I'm>, than having. <laughs> my well, I'm more eyes like, I it.
1: wonder how I cultivate that muscle because it's not my bias to be a joyful person. Like I'm, I tend mm-hmm. to be more of a more subdued, and so um, to even to think that it's possible to build that muscle is an intriguing thought. And I wonder, of course, probably you have ideas about how to do that, but for a guy like me who's you know, really pretty flat affect, you know, um, how do you, he's, he's just a
0: grumpy old man in the corner. Can how you, would you help train Zach? Me?
1: Well, that's why Rebecca loves me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I would do is, you know, your, your, your brain actually has a relational circuit. And when you think about joy, you think about the good stuff, we call it appreciation or gratitude that actually wakes up your, the relational part of your brain. And when that part of your brain is awake, You're actually going to be uh, more in your skin. You're going to be more in the moment. Mm -hmm. You're kind of anchored. And so what I often have people do is just like take two, three minutes, you know, think about some joy. Think about those faces or those moments. This wakes up the relational brain. And then, you know what, before you walk into the room to see your spouse or to see your children, um, you know, try to use your face, your voice tone, your body language, just genuinely convey what you feel. Mm. Um, and you'll see it. Joy is contagious. And so you'll see it on their faces. You'll hear it in their voices. And joy grows, you know, and it grows until we all need to just catch our breath, take a moment of quiet, and then we get back to the fun of joy.
1: Yeah, I do believe that, That because it, it, indeed the sound of Rebecca's voice first thing in the morning sets the tone for my day. And if it's positive then I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm in the clear. And if it's negative, I'm like, uh-oh, something bad's going to happen real soon. Oh,
2: yeah. So. Your your brain gives precedent to voice tone, facial expressions. I mean, you bet. This The tone of a voice can make or break a moment, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, you have laid out, and uh, Zach is going to love this. He hasn't read the book, but I have because I'm the student that is well prepared. Yes. Um, but you have laid out um, using PLAN as an acronym. Can you talk about how people just giving each, describing each of the letters in PLAN uh, as far as habit building for everyone?
2: Gladly. So yeah, PLAN is is a word we came up with to really you know capture these four habits. And PLAN stands for Play Together, Listen for Emotions, Appreciate Daily, and Nurture a Rhythm. And basically, you know what play together is is just an opportunity it's really one it 's a reflection of the joy in our marriage. Um, but two, you know what there's all this great research coming out about the importance of play and how play is your brain's wired for play, right and so mm-hmm. when you when you play with your spouse, not only does it wake up the relational centers in your brain mm-hmm. um, it, it it builds the bond, and you know what there's lots of different ways couples. Can play. Some of them have, you know, it could be special events, social routines, relational sex. Yeah. Um, You know, all of those ways we we try to, you know, help couples find very practical things they can do to play together.
0: Okay, I was wondering. uh, I, I was reading this at night, and I kept stumbling over the fact that you were using relational sex over and over, and it just dawned on me why you use that because. Sex can be referred to as a solo act, but you're talking about it as being an act that you're doing with your partner. Relational sex.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You're, it's all about us. It's not about me. It's right. about us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah. And John, well, I mean, and sex can be a solo act. It can also be an impersonal act with another person, right? I mean, yes. it can be, and that's something that I think is different from relational sex.
0: Yeah. Is that the first time, Zach, that you've seen relational sex used in, well, in uh, writing?
1: That phrase for sure. But John talks about personal versus impersonal sex. Uh-huh. And that is that's the context that I understand what Chris is talking about.
0: That's right. Oh, that is so cool. So, yeah. I'm really curious, Chris, for you. What is something that you and your wife have done to play just in the last week? Something that you guys enjoy? Not that you've written in the book, but I want to get to know you as well.
2: Yeah, you know, my wife and I have several things that, that we try to do. One of the very practical things we like to do, and we're at a stage with young children, so um, we like to get outside, yeah. and um, we know, sometimes we'll, we'll fly kites on the beach because we live pretty close to a beach. Nice. Um, you know, my, my family loves games, like board games. And uh, we're real big on like you know hi- talking about highlights as we do something together. You know mm-hmm. what is some of the good stuff that's happening um, yeah. right now? Um, you know, frisbee. Family awesome. loves frisbee. I'm I'm still trying to help my wife learn hacky sack. We're we're working on that. <laughs> but uh. Uh,
0: okay, I mean, I'm making this face because hacky sack just brings me back to the hippies that are like smoking pot in the park in college, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> You just keep working on that. You know, my my husband tried to teach me how to longboard. And at some point, we, we hit like our 30s and we're like, I think we're done longboarding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we phased out of the longboard situation. Oh, I sold my longboard to you, Zach. Yeah,
1: you did. We still have him. <laughs> <laughs> so he has it. Yeah. Oh, so well, Abby has, has it. it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So... P is for play, and we've talked about play on our podcast, so I think That's that our listeners are ours, very yeah. familiar with play. Um, let's talk about L.
2: Yeah, so L, listen for emotion, and and here we, you know, we're talking about how to keep relationships bigger than problems. Um, you know, when your relational part of your brain is on, you're actually better at listening for emotions, and you can validate, you can comfort, mm-hmm. and and you can learn to return to joy from upset. But when that relational part of the brain's off basically listen for problems and you amplify problems Mm. so yeah so we're talking about teaching you know really teaching people how to listen for emotions stay connected keep the relationship bigger than big emotions pain or problems okay yeah it just takes a little practice um but once it starts i mean you know just listening like wow you sound really upset right now what do you need Mm. when you feel this way
0: Mm -hmm. okay I like that. I, I think that that's part of active listening and just trying to understand what your partner and validating their emotions and just helping them know that you're listening to them and not listening to the problem. Um, do you have any tips it's like, for somebody? It's like
1: the dif- I mean, one way that I think we talk about it, Laura, is the difference between what they say and how they say. Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what you're talking about, Chris, listening for emotion is how did they say that thing that they just said? Yes.
2: Yeah. And you know, the fruit of it is, you know, people feel understood, which helps your brain process upset. Anyway, the moment I feel like you're with me, I suddenly everything becomes more manageable because I'm not alone. Yes. You know, it's when I feel alone that creates the toughest conditions for the brain to process upset. So, yeah. you know, listen for emotions really just helping couples stay connected while they quiet these big emotions that mm. come
0: up. Mm. But even so, I mean, oftentimes people will say, when I come home and my partner starts to complain about tough stuff, I'm listening and I'm helping them to solve their problem and that I'm helping them to feel like they're not alone because I'm going to help solve their problem for them. But what you're saying is that's not actually helpful in creating joy, Um it helps the person feel more alone with their emotions.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, just validating before, you know, if you can, if you validate your partner before you try to fix or any, you know, anything you validate, then they feel connected with you. Now let's talk about what's helpful from here. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: But a lot of the time we, we skip the step and we just go into like fix it mode or minimizing mode. Yes. Yeah. That's not good.
0: Okay. I have clients. We talk about our clients quite often in very ambiguous terms because we don't want to cross any boundaries. But um, if I'm somebody who doesn't know how to validate an emotion, like maybe my partner is experiencing frustration or anger or a big, um, a big scary emotion that I generally like to run away from, hmm. how, how could I validate their emotion? What would I say?
2: Yeah. So part of what we do is just help people, you know, listen, you know, what is it, what is that person, what's it like to be in their shoes? So it's like, I hear you say you've had a really bad day. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. You know, what would be
2: helpful right now? Okay. You know, and so helping them, and it does take a little practice because if yeah. you know your brain, if people have done this to you with validation and comfort, then you'll do it with them. But if it hasn't been done, Mm-hmm. It feels like you're speaking another language, right? Because mm-hmm. the brain will want to try to solve the problem. Yeah. Um, so I would just have them practice, okay, what did you hear, you know, in, in your spouse? What, what did you hear your spouse say? And, yeah. and what would be a helpful response? Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if it's not my experience, then my brain will shift into problem-solving mode and just want to fix it. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. you got to hear yeah. clear of problem-solving.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Cool. Okay, so we're, we're looking to minimize the um, joy gap. So the gap of joy in marriages, we're looking to minimize it. We've done P is play, L is listening for emotion. What is A?
2: Yeah, so A is appreciate daily. So this is the third habit. And, you know, we call appreciation package joy, right? So joy is like what your brain thrives on. Mm-hmm. And appreciation is simply activating those files by remembering the good stuff, remembering those moments, those interactions, those faces, mm-hmm. you know, those responses. And so what happens is when you think about those moments, your brain responds as though you're reliving the moment all over again. Cool. So it's like, it's packaged mm-hmm. joy. You can take it with you anywhere you go, especially on those hard days. If you can yeah. spend two to three minutes thinking about appreciation, you'll find that the relational centers in your brain will actually... Come online, and you'll you'll have suddenly you have more relational bandwidth and resources to navigate your day and your relationships.
0: That's interesting. I call this the um, uh, what do I? It's like the the bus trip scenario. Imagine that you are on a really long, stuffy bus ride, and you're smooshed up against the window next to somebody who's spilling over the chair and is really stinky, and there's a crying baby. Like, what do you do in that moment to? have joy. And I love that you're like, you You could take this anywhere. You could just activate your brain to remember your slideshow of, of yes. happy faces and wonderful moments that activate joy in your brain.
2: That's right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it could be very practical. And um, your brain, if you do this enough where it becomes a habit, your brain will start to scan your environment for things to enjoy instead of things to criticize, right? You'll, yeah. you'll scan it for the good stuff.
0: Yeah. And absolutely. that's what we're
2: that's what we're after right there.
0: You bet. We we know that research quite well of of looking for the positives and scanning your environment for the positives. That that's, that's it. Very yes. cool. Um okay, let's see here. So play, listening for emotion, appreciation. What's the N? This is the one that I wasn't as familiar with, so I'm curious mm. about this.
2: Yeah, so N is nurture rhythm and and so just like playing together is important and all, and appreciation is important, and listening for emotions important, and it comes yeah. down to how well I rest, and how well I can quiet myself, so that's kind of like charging in, mm-hmm. charging your, your phone battery, right, like every now and then that battery gets low, and you have to plug it in, um, so rest is really, you know, just catching your breath, taking a moment to quiet, um, which is one of the greatest predictors of lifelong mental health, is mm-hmm. have I learned to quiet myself, mm-hmm. so what quieting does is it Basically gives me the freedom and the bandwidth to build some joy, and then joy should always lead to quiet. So joy is high energy, quiet is low energy. So you've got this yeah. dopamine serotonin yes. going on here, right? And, and so quieting is basically on demand release of serotonin.
0: Like I can just
2: ah, I can catch my breath. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a weird concept. It seems really counterintuitive to have to take a break from joy. Totally. <laughs> right? It does. It does. And but yeah. what it does
2: is it strengthens my capacity for more joy. But if I if I pull out the, the quieting uh, element from the equation, then I get burned out pretty fast. I get overwhelmed pretty quickly. You can only you can only build so much joy before you, you have to disconnect and catch your breath. So-
1: or before you before you become really off putting to other people.
0: Yeah, you're gonna overwhelm right. the people
2: around you real fast. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. That's right.
0: You're talking to two people who are like, I we're we're self, we're introverts, so. I, you probably can't tell because I'm pretty chatty, but I put it all out there. And then the moment I'm done with this, I'm going to go hide in a deep, dark corner and just, mm-hmm. you know,
2: disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like this, that you're giving permission to take a break from joy so that I can build more joy in the That's future. It.
1: So I can go back to my room and pull my blanket over my head and be done with this whole <laughs> scenario. That's right. Where can people go to learn more about you and your book?
2: So happy, happy org. Is our website and there's lots of you know there's the book information about the book. We actually have some curriculum for couples. They can go through uh, curriculum together. And and basically, what makes this fun is the book's it's a fun read. But we actually have 15 minute exercises woven throughout this book on these four habits because mm. ultimately that's what we want people to do. Is you know what your logical brain will love the information, but your your emotional relational brain really needs the practice and the experience. Mm. Um, so our hope is that couples will actually do the exercises because that's where the joy and the magic's really gonna happen for couples.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I love happy, that you're happy talking
1: yeah, right? Happy, happy, happy,
0: happy, marriage. happy, happy And the, the title of the book is The Four Habits of Joy Filled Marriages. Um and then the subtitle is How Fifteen Minutes a Day Will Help You Stay in Love and I just, I, when I saw this book, I thought, oh, this is going to be such a good fit for us because one, it's about science, it's about research, it's about giving the practical tools in the hands of couples so that you're not just taking in information, but you're actually putting it to practice, which we're really big at. That We don't want people to be passive observers or um, passive in taking in information. We actually want them to do something about it. Um, And so you have these actual practical tools that they can start practicing in the comfort of their own home so that they can begin to close that joy gap in their relationship. That's right. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. And do you have a personal website if people are interested in knowing more about you and your wife and what you're up to? Yes. It's thrivetoday.org. Thrivetoday.org. It's a beautiful website, by the way. I don't know if you paid somebody to make it for you.
2: You know, or we, it, one of our friends actually put this together for us. Yeah.
0: Quality job. Well done. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on to our podcast and being our very first, first interview. Guest, yeah.
2: I, I'm honored. This was a blast. I believe in what you guys are doing. This is awesome.
0: Very cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Chris Corsi, for joining with us. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just as a reminder, on June 8th and 9th, Zach and I will be up in Seattle, Washington, and we're going to be hosting a marriage retreat. It's a two-day experience where you gather with your partner, and you really are working on building your communication skills, deepening your intimacy, and learning conflict management blueprints. Uh, It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. It's actually a program that I had the chance to co-develop with the Gottman Institute over five years ago and I have been the master trainer for So it's a real treat for me to be able to work with couples. Usually I'm just training other therapists on this. And of course it's a real treat to be in the same room as Zach. Uh, That might be a bit of a stretch but we're really looking forward to it. We cut our registration off at 25 couples so if you have just the slight inkling that this would be something that you would enjoy. I encourage you to register now, register early because we are cutting registration off at 25 couples. Hop on to marriagetherapyradio.com and click on the link that says workshops. Register for our June 8th and 9th marriage retreat. It's the last one happening until the fall. See you then. Thank you so much for all the time and energy that you're putting in your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday.